0: Come on now. It's Thursday. It is Thursday again. Ah, And I hope you are having a fabulous Thursday. And if it's Thursday, ah, it's Dr. P on the pod. Yes. And I am your girl, Pernessa Seal. And I am the founder and the CEO of the Bomb in Gilead. Oh, yes, there is indeed a bomb in Gilead. I am always excited to be here with you. Um, And as you know, those of you who were with us last week, some of you are with us every Thursday. We just love you for that. Today, we are starting our second episode in our four-part series on mental health, sponsored by Janssen Pharmaceuticals, Inc. And for this series, we're talking about mental health and wellness in communities of color and emphasizing why our mental health is as equally important as our physical health. And you know, I remind you last week that your grandmama, like mine, used to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I thank you for waking me up in my right mind. And I said the same thing this morning, Lord, thank you for waking me up in my right mind. I'm here with my guest for the whole month, the entire month, Rose Brown, who is the Senior Director of Program Services for the Mental Health Association of Essex and Morris Incorporated. Well, it's gonna be here with us for the entire month. This is our second week together. Both Rose and I have received an honorarium from Janssen Pharmaceuticals, Inc. for this four-part series. Now, if you missed it, last week we talked about the importance of open communication with you and your loved ones. Talking. Talking. Just plain talking. Talking about serious mental health conditions. Speaking up and speaking out is so important. It is. Key and today we're going to talk about how our faith and spirituality may affect how we manage mental health conditions. That's what we're going to talk about today faith and spirituality and how we manage mental health conditions. Guess what? It's Thursday, and if it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. laughing because you know those of us who uh we we grew up in church and um just you know just oftentimes when you think about the Christian belief it is uh is for, for those of us who are believers it's it's a, it's a strange thing uh to believe anyway uh but I'm not gonna go down that road with you uh today uh I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it on the uh the 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 the, the narrow if you will but, you know, it's so important that our spirituality and our faith are so tied uh, together. Um, and oftentimes they sometimes get confused. Um, but we must realize that when there is a mental health condition, and sometimes these mental health conditions, they don't really seem, they just seem like normal. You know, it's just normal. No, some of our behavior. It's 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 not normal. We really need to um, build the capacity of faith of our faith communities, really to address mental health issues. And and I want to lift up those congregations and those pastors who've actually hired counselors, uh, who have really seen the need to actually put mental health counselors on staff as a part of their ministry. Because it is critical that if we are really going to tackle mental health in our community, you know, I believe that we lead by faith. We lead by our faith communities. And it is important that we follow the lead of those who have put a mental health counselor on staff, or if not on staff, a consultant, uh, if not a consultant, someone who you know, you are, uh, supporting and sending someone you have resources to really provide to your congregation. It is so very, 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 uh, important. You know, last week, uh, sister Rose spoke about how we have, um, you know, people in our families who are mentally ill and they get sent away. Well, you know when she touched the nerve on that last week, and I didn't get to share it, but you know uh, my my grandmother, my grandmother, who I did not know, because you know, many of you know the story that I was uh, actually adopted at birth, uh, but when I met my birth mother, uh her mother, her mother was actually in an institution in upstate New York. And uh, she hadn't been to see her uh in years in years and um she had been diagnosed with with many um, mental health uh um mental health uh disease states if you will it wasn't just one she had a few of them uh but I remember having a conversation uh with my birth mother probably within two or three years after I had met her and I met her at the age of twenty two Uh, and she mentioned how she had not seen her mother in many, 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 many years. And I asked her why, and she didn't have an answer. And, uh, and I challenged her, I challenged her to go and see her birth mother. And I said to her, I didn't treat you that way because when she came into my life, I did not turn her away. Uh, I embraced her. I had a great love. I love my my mom and dad, Charles and Luella Seal, And I had room in my heart for this woman who brought me into the world. And because of that conversation with her, she went and reconnected with her birth mother who had been in a, in a mental institution for years and years and years. She got her out of that institution and provided care for her and her mother passed away in her arms. And that's one of the of my life stories. And I don't get to share uh, too often, but it is so important that family, if you have someone who is in a mental institution, that we take the time and go and see about them and care about them and embrace them and let them know that there is someone out there who cares. I know I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to somebody today. So this week, Rose and I, we're going to dive into the connections among spirituality, faith, and mental health. Rose, as a social worker and a treatment team member, come on, Rose, come on, say something. Can't wait to hear your voice this week. Can you talk to us about the role? of faith and spirituality may play in the mental health journey for adults in our community. Hey, Rose, how you doing? So
1: thank you for having me back, Dr. P. This is a very important topic we're talking about here. Now, spiritual and religious beliefs have had very positive impact on individuals' well-being. I know that for a fact, you know, I grew up in the church, you know, that was our first line of communication in the community. You'd speak to your pastor, even when you speak to your family, the first place they go to is the pastor and so forth and so on. So we know that spirituality and faith plays um, a very important role, especially with African-Americans. Most people our attendance of people in churches in America, really are African-American, you know, we, that's our, I would call that our social club, (laughs) you know, that's our social club. That's where we go every Sunday and many other times during the week, because it gives us strength. Um, Our faith and our spirituality really gives us strength. And so when we talk about mental health and um, having a treatment plan, we always try to stop you know kind of tap into people's strength, like what what drives you? what is your strength? and so in order to treat someone overall, you have to be able to stop you know tap into their strength. and so spirituality and religion have to be a part of that treatment for individuals, right and what what might not be a surprise? You know, as I said, African-Americans have the highest rate of church attendance in, in the United States. African-American clergy also tend to be the primary source of mental health service. So we find that, you know, even though the clergy are not experts in mental health, they're the first people usually who are seeing not only the symptom, symptoms that's happening with that member, but the family members seeking them. Are seeking their help. So um, they play a vital role, really, in someone's navigating a community system. So it's very important for us to tap into that piece with the clergy so that they also can be educated in how to, you know, redirect or help the, that person advocate or find the right resources that's going to help them with the treatment plan um, for those individuals. We know that also African-American faith leaders and organizations like the BOM in Gilead play an important role in delivering health information and resources to the African-American community. So thank you, Dr. P, so much for doing such a great job over there um, in helping our community. This is
0: fantastic. So Rose, we know how vital it is that members of religious or faith communities have access to the right resources and education to help their members find mental health services. We know how important that is. And I think it is key that our audience and our communities understand that faith communities can be an important part of a support system, but that is only one element. It's only one element. You know, faith is critical, but it is only one element. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Absolutely. I think,
1: you know, don't get me wrong, it's important for the faith community as a social connection for people in the community. But um, when it comes to mental health and symptomology, really, people need professional help, meaning they need a treatment provider in order to get the right treatment. So... um, I'm not saying that it's not important for folks to seek their clergy's um, help. It's very important. And in the African-American community, they see it almost as vital. It's, it's the first line of communication is to your pastor um, or your clergy individuals. But beyond that, when people have a serious and chronic mental illness, they're going to need professional help and treatment. So we have to have a, a great balance. So. It's kind of surprising to me to know that nearly one quarter, which is twenty three point five percent of African Americans first saw treatment for mental health disorder from clergy compared to sixteen point seven percent who first saw treatment for psychiatry so there's you you see you see the numbers that we're talking about here, Dr. P right so more people are going to their clergy, but they're not getting to the actual treatment provider. So we need to be able to address that and see how we can encourage you know, the clergy to kind of make the next step for that individual in kind of making that linkage to the actual resources in the community um, to a provider to, in order for people to get care, right? So we need to understand the critical role the healthcare providers play in managing mental health condition and underscore of people that may need to seek help beyond clergy and the church. So what I'm saying, Dr. P, I know you 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 understand what I'm saying is that even though we have our congregants that come in to to meet with us and they talk about their feelings and talk how they're doing, they explain their symptoms it's good to provide counsel to those individuals, of course, as a clergy. But um, the next step really is to find in your community that the persons is living actual help from a cultural competence, I would say, agency that's going to address that person's need and to develop a real treatment plan that's going to help that individual manage their symptoms. So for me, if you have a loved one with mental health condition, consulting health care professional to receive the appropriate diagnosis and treatment is quite essential, you know? So when you're talking to, to the clergy individual, they don't know how to diagnose you and to know what's going on with you. They do not because it's not, it's outside of their scope of practice and we need to kind of guide people or encourage them to find appropriate treatment within that community so that, you know, they could have the proper treatment plan. So I would want to see that these statistics actually move in the right direction. Um, hopefully with the, the podcast, if someone is listening to your podcast, Dr. P, and they hear that they've been talking to their pastor you know, for months or, you know, for a while about what's going on with them, that they probably could just, you know, reach out to their community provider and also to find, you know, a provider that can help
0: them, you know, with their symptoms. Let's talk more about that. How can or how should someone living with a mental health condition seek help from their faith community? Well, you know, as I said, Dr. P,
1: religion and faith can be very impactful when used in combination with formal medical care. So as I spoke earlier, it's good to seek the help from your faith community, but there has to be a combination of both your faith resources and also formal medical resources. We need to get provider involvement in your, in order to provide treatment, Right. If your faith community is a part of a support system, it's okay to confide in the community if you feel comfortable doing so. For faith leaders, know that mental health conditions are medical conditions that can be treated. Promote awareness by educating your communities and your congregations. Absolutely. I think in our clergy world now, the minister's, Responsibility now is not only to you know preach from the Bible, really. It's really to also foster other um, resources and community input, so that the congregants can be informed of you know what's happening in the community and how what's available in the community, other just than just the faith um, based initiatives. So um, I think for the faith leaders, they really should be able to build connection with those dealing with mental health challenges to help them reduce the stigma. Another thing they could do is really foster safe and supportive environments for individuals to talk about their mental health. Also understand that mental health conditions require the help of healthcare providers.
0: So, Rose, I have one more question for you because, you know, time is always of the essence and we got to go. So my last question is, how can faith-based organizations support mental health education efforts in their community?
1: Yes, Dr. P., there are many ways um, that faith-based organizations can help their congregants. They can host mental health education programs led by advocacy organization or health care providers. They can also distribute information on mental health and wellness to their congregants. They can also support community events and fundraisers led by mental health organizations.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we want to make sure that our family knows that their Sunday morning health corner you know, every Thursday, no, mm-mm, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday, the bombing Gilead, we send out Sunday morning health corner. And I know you already know this and this, this month we are tackling our Sunday morning health corner is focused on mental health. We are serious family. We are serious about this mental health wellness uh situation, in our community this month of July. So we got Dr. P on the pod coming at you with mental illness and wellness. We got Sunday morning health corner coming, coming at you with mental illness and wellness. We are serious because this is a serious issue in our community. So you know how important this is. Make sure that you are sending this the podcast series to everybody you know, and have them send the podcast series to everybody they know because this is a very, very, very important topic and it doesn't want to stop. We don't want it to stop with you. We want everybody to hear this conversation around mental health and wellness this entire month. And you know, I know how much you love Sunday Morning Health Corner, those e you get that you get every Wednesday. Make sure you pass them along pass them along and pass them along some more. We are serious. We are serious. Listen, Rose is going to be back with us next Thursday for our third episode in this mental health series. And we're going to talk about the impact of serious mental health conditions in our community. We're going to talk about serious mental health conditions in our community. And of course, I want to thank Jansen Pharmaceuticals who sponsored this important podcast series for helpful resources on series on serious on for helpful, you know, but you know, I'm a Geechee from South Carolina. Sometimes, oh, sometimes my words just come together. You know, they just kind of get crazy because that's that Geechee in me. Ah, so let me slow it down. Let me tell you that for helpful resources on serious mental health conditions, go to go to and visit trusted advocacy or educational website, Janssen's Choices in Recovery at www.choicesinrecovery.com. That's www.choicesinrecovery.com which provides information for adults living with schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder and their loved ones. Hey, we want to give a shout out to Sister Rose. Sister Rose, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we look forward to next week when we're going to be talking about serious mental health conditions in our community. Family, you know I ain't got nothing but love for you. Nothing but love for you because no matter what's going on, hot fun in the summertime is still a bomb in Gilead. Hey, it's your girl, Dr. P, on the pod, and she is out. I wanna-